had the privilege to be here. Welcome to all the scattered and masked people and all those scattered and unmasked people somewhere out there. It's a privilege to be here. You know, when we came in this morning um, and, and Ian was just saying, be patient with us. I mean, we're just making it up as we go along. But, you know, it was such an encouragement to just see everyone um, just doing their bit and making sure that um, as a church community, we can be together in whichever way it is, even if we are uh, far away from, from each other. So, um, um, and, oh, the worship, what a, what a privilege to just be here uh, this morning, um, even, even just being in the space and, uh, and having that sense of community uh, again here. So whenever your chance comes up to be in the building, I would really encourage you to sign up and, um, and just join here. Um, but that doesn't mean that we are not together, even when we are far apart and many people are uh, in different places. So it's a, it's a privilege for me to, um, to share some uh, thoughts with you again today. I've, um, I've labeled the talk for today, uh, we are different, or are we? Um, and as Ian has said, we carry on in the series of Luke, just for those of you that are new, the Bible has um, 65 other books as well, but we're sticking with Luke for the moment, and we're getting a lot of amazing, amazing teaching from the Lord uh, out of that. So we're going to read from Luke 15 today. So if you want to find that uh, in your Bibles, it will be up on the screen as well. Uh, Luke 15, verse 1 to 10 is where we will be focusing on today. Okay. Well, let's leave that, read that. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light the lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. just want to pray for us at uh, this juncture. Father, I pray that, as Ian has prayed as well, that you will speak to each one of us today and that you will give us a clear word. Father, I pray that our ears will be open and that our hearts will receive your message. Remove all distracting thoughts, Father, from our minds and let our spirit connect with you in a new way today in a way that we can hear your truth afresh today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Right, let's step through the scriptures as, as we've read it and uh, discover what the Lord wants to reveal uh, to us today. So the first two verses, not many words, but actually a very powerful part of this scripture. So if I repeat that for you, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. 
And then the contradiction in verse 2, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now, throughout the writings of Luke, we see this conflict. It's always there. The Pharisees and the religious leaders uh, not liking how Jesus really wants to spend time with the tax collectors and the sinners. Jesus is always reaching out to them. Jesus is constantly emphasizing the fact that eternity is for everyone. It's not only for those devoted religious um, followers of rules, and it is for everyone. It takes me back to Luke 14 that we looked at over recent weeks, and uh, where Jesus again, I mean, Luke 14 starts with where Jesus um, goes to dinner uh, with a prominent Pharisee. And you remember the story when he arrives there, and there's, a, there's someone that's sick, uh, that needs his healing, and it's on a Sabbath. And Jesus talks to them and challenges them even in that scenario. So even when Jesus goes to the Pharisees, he doesn't hold back to be controversial in what he challenges with them. On that day, he says to them, would, would one of you, if a child or even an animal fall in a well, not go and save them? And then he heals the man on the Sabbath. He carries on to really challenge them in terms of how they move around society. I mean, he talks about who do you invite for dinner? Do you only invite those people that can return the favor? Or do you only invite those people that can enhance your status in society? That's the challenge that he, that he is putting them. He's challenging their prejudice um, in that. He also, and then he, he gives them the parable of the banquet in, at the end of, um, of um, chapter 14, where he then talks about everyone that's been invited, but then it's actually the people from the street corners and the alleys that attend the banquet because the guests had something better to do. And then Ian brought us through the last part of that where it was really challenging us about the cost of discipleship. And I will come to that a bit more uh, a bit later. But, but right at the end, in verse 35 of chapter 14, Jesus then says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Now that is exactly where we pick up Luke 50. That's what the tax collectors and the sinners are doing. They're responding to exactly that, what Jesus has said. Let those who want to hear come. And they know they can come. They will not be judged. Um, they can come and listen to what, what Jesus wants to, to give them. The Pharisees do exactly what Jesus told them not to do. They have prejudice, again, about the fact that Jesus spends time with, um, with the sinners, the tax collectors. So Jesus is different. And the question is, are we different? Over the last few weeks, I think Herman referenced it, and there was a word brought at the, uh, at the gathering last week from Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. Let me read that to you again. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and to prove what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Be different. Be different. Now Jesus then carries on and he, and he tells two parables. And both of these parables um, start with a, uh, what I will call an interesting or potentially a troubling question. One of the other translations actually introduces the parable um, of the sheep with the words, which one of you would not? And the parable of the woman, what woman will not? Um, well, frankly, no one would, don't you think? 
if you listen to that story, it just doesn't make sense. Um, I'm a businessman, I'm an accountant, and if I have 99 and one is lost, I think I'll live with that. It just doesn't make sense to leave 99 in the field with the risk of losing more of them just to go after that one, that silly one that has wandered off somewhere. And then even when he finds it, he gets everyone around to say, let's celebrate. I found the sheep that was lost. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever there's celebration around, there's eating and drinking going on. And as a South African, that often means a barbecue or a bride. So I think you can hear the irony in this. A little lamb chop is always good on a barbecue. Well, let's think about the woman that finds this one coin. I mean, she goes through the same trouble of finding this one out of ten now, uh, the Bible scholars tell us that was about a day's wage. So I guess that is something to worry about if you've lost that amount. But then again, the story goes that she celebrates and she invites people around to celebrate with her. Now, I, I guess she was treating them perhaps two coins worth of a party. It doesn't make sense. But that's exactly the point. Jesus is different. Are we different. Romans 12 verse 2 again says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And for me, therein lies the core of this message, core of this, these two parables that Jesus is telling uh, his people. Throughout scripture, God shows his love and his compassion for every individual, every human being, each one of us in this building today, each one of us dialing in from anywhere in the world. God cares about every single human being. So let's just translate the story of the sheep and the coin, perhaps to something that is then more relevant to us. Think about the people you know. Think about their life in the context of eternity. How many of them are lost? Is it one out of ten? Two? Three? Perhaps nine? And do we care about that? Why don't we leave everything behind, the 99? Why don't we leave all of that to go and find that one person that is lost? Last week, um, or the week before actually, Ian spoke about the cost of discipleship. Um, if you remember that last part in Luke 14 where it's really challenging. It's about leaving your family behind. Don't do those things. Go and commit yourself completely to the cause. And he, he quoted some um, uh, words from John Stott, a writing about basic Christianity. I want to read that again for us because there's some real um, food, stuff for, food for thought in, in, that, um, in that piece of writing. The Christian landscape is strewn with the wreckage of derelict, half-built towers, the ruins of those who began to build and were unable to finish. For thousands of people still ignore Christ's warning and undertake to follow him without first pausing to reflect on the cost of doing so. The result is a great scandal of Christendom today, so-called nominal Christianity. In countries to which Christian civilization has spread, large numbers of people have covered themselves with a decent but a thin veneer of Christianity. They have allowed themselves to become somewhat involved 
enough to be respectable, but not enough to be uncomfortable. Not enough to be uncomfortable. Their religion is a great soft cushion. It protects them from the hard unpleasantness of life while changing its place and shape to suit their convenience. While changing its place and shape to suit their convenience. Do not conform to this world. He carries on to say, no wonder the cynics speak of hypocrites in the church and dismiss religion, religion as escapism. The message of Jesus was very different. He never lowered his standards or modified his conditions to make his call more readily acceptable. He asked his first disciples and he asked every disciple since to give him their thoughtful and total commitment. Nothing less than this will do. Jesus asked his first disciples and he has asked every disciple since to give him their thoughtful and total commitment. Nothing less than this will do. So where does that leave us today? What does it mean in terms of us leaving everything behind to find the lost? What does thoughtful and total commitment mean to each one of us uh, as we go around our daily tasks? Do we think that someone that's missing out on a personal relationship with Jesus is missing out on something that is real? And I was just struck by the worship this morning. It was, it was so intense, just feeling the fellowship of God, the reality of being in his presence. Now, when we feel something like that, when we experience something that is so precious to us, what do we do? Um, don't we tell other people about it? Don't we want to share with people my joy um, that I experienced from that? When I go out from here, I mean, there's just something that wants to flow over and wants to speak to people about it. I mean, we do that with pictures and jokes and everything that we share on social media. Why don't we talk more about Jesus, about salvation, about eternal life? Jesus uses every opportunity to bring that into a conversation. doesn't matter the place and time. doesn't matter what people will think of what he's telling them. He uses that. My challenge, as, and I'm, I'm struck by the fact that the last time I stood here, I was talking to you guys about the banquet and going to the banquet. And um, why is that real to us or not real to us? What is real life? We spoke about eternity. We spoke about heaven. Um, and we said, well, heaven can only be real if hell is real. We spoke about what does that mean? Is it real to us? Or have we fallen into the comfort of the life we're living? That it's not important to us to make other people aware of the certainty of eternity. Every religion in the world has a form of thinking about life after death. And we know what Jesus has done for us. He's brought us our salvation. Ever since sin destroyed that union between God and and his creation. He's been working all the time to restore what was lost. We see that through the ages. And it's written up in the Bible. Everywhere God is trying to get his people back to him. He steps in to bring correction. He invites. And very often people don't respond with disastrous results for them. 
Now, all the prophecies and teachings of Jesus urge us to prepare, even these parables, urge us to be part of that restoration of the creation. In the beginning, God was there. He wandered with Adam and Eve in, in the garden. Uh, after, after the fall, God was still there. He was there in the form of the cloud uh, when the Israelites were moving uh, during the day and the fire and night, and he was in the temple. In the New Testament, Jesus comes. He's physically on earth with the people. And when he goes to prepare our place for eternity, the Holy Spirit comes as God with us. All of it is just telling us that God wants more people to experience what we experience and to know the certainty of an eternal life. And then when all of that has gone through and we come into eternity, God will dwell amongst us again. The question for us today is, what does the word of God stir in my and in your heart today? And as I was preparing this, I mean, I, I, I do think that the Lord is talking to Andre. Because every time I get an opportunity to stand here, he talks to me about that. What are you doing about the people that you engage with on a daily basis? The people that you work with? The people that you are at school with? Do you just go on and be different on Sunday? But be like the world on Monday to Saturday? When I say that today, who are you thinking of? that you know needs God's love. Do I care for the lost in the way Jesus did and he still does today? You know, when Jesus grabbed Paul's attention on the road to Damascus, um, Paul, which is then still called Saul of Tarsus, asked him, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I'm going to ask that we use a bit of time to be quiet, and I've asked I should just play some music for us while we do that. I want to just give a bit of time for each one of just where we are to sit and think about this question. What do you want me to do, Lord? Which lost sheep do you want me to search for? Which lost coin should I find? What 99 things do I need to leave behind in my quest for the lost soul? What do you want me to do, Lord? Let's just spend some time in the presence of our Father with those questions.
trust that the Lord has shown you something. I trust that the Lord has given you a name. I trust that the Lord has, in that moment, pointed you to something that may have been on your heart uh, for a while. I want to encourage you to not only keep it to yourself. It helps to tell someone else what the Lord has challenged you with. And then we can keep each other accountable. We can support each other in prayer. Um, it doesn't need to be a big thing. We are different because Jesus is different. And we belong to him. He has saved the world. We just need to make them aware of that. Let us be his hands and feet and his lips among the people that are around us. Let us treasure every moment that we can spend in his time in, in, in presence with Jesus. Let us escape from everything that entangles us to have less time with our Savior. The more time we spend with Jesus, the more we will see what he sees and hear what he hears. The more time we spend with him, our hearts will be more in tune with his desire to find the lost. May God bless you. Thank you. Thanks. Back to you. Amen. Okay, well, that brings an end to our service, but I just want you to consider that really what Andre has challenged you with uh, as you go into this week. What is God calling you to? Uh, what is he calling you to, to surrender? Um, and just be really seeking God. Uh, I really feel the challenge of God, actually, as we've looked into uh, these verses, the scriptures that we've been reading over the last few weeks in Luke. God is really challenging us to, to be true followers of Jesus. Um, so I just urge you to really prayerfully consider what is God calling you to? What is he prompting you and nudging you about in these days? So um, thank you all for joining us online as we draw our service to a close. Um, and hopefully I'll see you in the flesh in the next couple of weeks. And thank you all for coming um, in the flesh. It's been great to see you all. And thank you to all the band. They've worked really hard this week in terms of getting it all ready. And, um, also, I just want to give a, a personal thanks to my good friend, Dave Gadd, who is a bit of a legend and has really made most of this happen this week. Um, he's arranged all the tech and the band and everything else. So big thanks to my friend Dave up on the uh, balcony. <clears throat> but there, there ends uh, the service and I hope to see you soon. Um, for those of you in the building, if you on the left here could start to leave first out of the exit and then the middle and then you guys have to leave right at the very end. Sorry about that. <clears throat>